Hello and welcome to Tarot Bites. I'm Teresa Reed, the Tarot Lady. I'm the author of the Tarot Coloring Book and the co-author of Tarot for Troubled Times. I'm also your host for this podcast series. This is episode 179 of Tarot Bites, the podcast where I dish out short, entertaining, bite-sized lessons on how to read tarot. And for today's episode, our topic is reading tarot in the pandemic. And my very special guest is Liz Worth. Welcome, Liz. Hey, Teresa. How's it going? Just surviving this pandemic. How about you? <laughs> yeah, same. <laughs> yeah. And you know, for people who are listening right now, at the time of this recording, we are in the midst of this pandemic with the COVID-19, and it's been really wreaking a lot of havoc for so many people with health and economy and all of that. And I know a lot of businesses have had to go through some really, really big changes so, Liz, I want to start out by asking you, how has this pandemic impacted your business and what's changed? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's interesting. In the fall of 2019, a few months before this became news, I had decided that I was going to move my business 100% online. And I used to have an office space and I would go meet clients there and I had a, a pretty decent local following that I had spent a lot of time building up. And I decided to pivot. And I feel like I was a bit of ahead of a curve that I didn't necessarily know was coming, but I just felt like it was time to make that change. And at first I had a lot of pushback around it because people were used to having that face-to-face time. Um, And I think with tarot, especially there is a belief out there that tarot is better when you do it in person and that somehow it doesn't work if it's by distance. And so it was a bit of a nerve wracking change to make. But um, once things started to close down in my part of the world, people started to understand that this may be how we have to do business for a while. And so I actually got really busy at first um, because all of a sudden people had a lot more questions, right? There's all this uncertainty and people often come to tarot when they feel uncertain and unclear. And so I actually um, found that I I was in a pretty good position because I had everything set up already. Whereas I saw some other tarot readers in the community who were not quite there yet. And, and, Uh, other practitioners who do intuitive work and energy healing, and they have been trying to to catch up a little bit more and figuring out how to transition uh, online and and also how to help their clients understand that online is the way we're going to have to be working for a while. I totally agree. You know, it's interesting for me. I started going more online after 9-11. And because after 9-11, before then, all my business was local. It was all face-to-face. I didn't do any marketing, nothing. And when 9-11 happened, and I remember this so strongly and interestingly, a lot of the aspects that we're in right now astrologically are similar to around the time of 9-11, these eclipses, but I don't want to get into astrology. You know, you're an Mm -hmm. astrologer. You know exactly Mm -hmm. what I'm talking about. But when when 9-11 went down um, that week, I had people canceling left and right. I suddenly had no work for weeks because people were freaked out. And it's like a light bulb went on. I'm like, oh my God, you have got to get online because if you're just depending on this, what if something else comes up and it wipes out your business? So I really slowly made the transition to going online and phone readings. I actually started doing when one of my clients broke her hip. 
And she said, I know she was an elderly lady. And she said, listen, I can't get up those stairs. Can you do this over the phone? I said, I don't know. Let's try it. So I ended up doing it over the phone with her and she enjoyed it so much that her and all of her friends were like, we're not coming to your office anymore. We don't want to drive down there. This is so much better. So between 9-11 and my older clients that really began changing things. And so over the years, I've gradually begun shifting to completely over the phone. Uh, And a few years ago, I stopped seeing people in person because of also some safety issues. And, you know, we're women working alone in our offices. It can be really frightening. So there were a lot of reasons why I switched too. So when this pandemic kicked into full gear, I was like, fine, because I had already been working this way for quite some time. But I also know some people, like, for example, people who wear work only at tarot parties or events or at shops, they got completely screwed by this. Yes. And, and those are some of the things that may continue to have to be looked at. And, um, you know, I, I recently got asked to, to read tarot at a party, which I was surprised by because here um, I'm in Canada and we are at this, at the time that we're, we're having this conversation, um, my part of the country is just talking about going into phase three reopening. So I can't go to my gym yet. Right. But um, people want to have a party and I'm not, I'm not comfortable with that. And, you know, I haven't seen my friends since March and I also have an emotional reaction to invitations like that because I don't want to go and hang out with people I've never met before when I haven't seen people that I love in all this time. And I don't think that for me, I'm not going to put my priority or my health out there. Right. And, and make that aspect of my business, something that I put forward first to me, it has to be, you know, if I'm easing myself back out into the world, I want it to be with people that I know and I trust first and foremost. And and likewise, I would also encourage anyone who's thinking of maybe having a party and having a tarot reader to also think about that. You know, um, I am a trustworthy person. I am taking the pandemic very seriously. You know, a, a friend of mine said that that out of all the people she knows, I would be the person she would trust the most to have in her house because I'm really uptight. <laughs> um, <laughs> but so, you know, I know that I can be trusted, but you know, if you're just looking at my website from another side of the screen, how do you know? You don't know if I've been exposed to someone with COVID-19. You don't know if I've been following precautions. Um, You just don't know. So I also think that for people who are out there maybe thinking um, that it may be time to have a gathering or or have something uh, to celebrate, just to be mindful that that there is a really, really a lot at stake here and that it's not necessarily worth it to have that party right now. And, um, you know, I think there may also be people who are putting out those requests because maybe they're thinking, well, no one's been working. They probably want the money. Trust me, I don't want the money that badly to take that risk right now. Um, and, and as I said, you know, there are a lot of other ways that tarot readers can and have been working online uh, to make up for any changes or shortfall that, that have been out there. So I would just say as well to people not to expect that we're all really eager to get back out the door. And some of us might not even go back to reading at parties at all. 
I have not done parties in years. I never liked them anyways because I'm too introverted. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, parties are one of the ways that they are saying are super spreaders for this disease. Like a lot of people are getting sick from these house parties. So I can't imagine wanting to have a house party and have a tarot reader or astrologer sitting there reading a bunch of people. I just think it doesn't make sense right now. It's too risky. And, I mean, I wouldn't be comfortable sitting there reading for a group of people. No way. I wouldn't either. And, and yeah, like I said, you know, you just don't know who's there. Right. And you don't know where they've been. You don't know where they've been shopping. You don't know if they're complying uh, to any regulations around masks. And I know that it's different in different parts of the world right now. Um, Some places have masks that are mandatory. Some don't, but where I am, you know, in, in Toronto, you have to wear a mask when you go into a store, but no one's policing it. So right. it really is, on, it's on the honor system basically. And, um, and it, I don't know, again, I don't know. I have, you know, a mother who's turning 84 in a month. Um, you know, I have to go out and help her with a few things this week. I can't, you know, be out risking what I'm doing through my work either because I have to be available for her. She, you know, she is, she doesn't live independently and I'm, her primary care provider outside of the home that she lives in. Um, and if something happens, I have to be there. So, you know, I also think we need to be mindful that we're not working in isolation, uh, even though we've been in isolation, but we all have families, we have responsibilities, we have other people that we share our lives with and uh, that we really, we really do have to take this seriously because it just takes you know, one wrong decision, right? One person that you may come into contact with and it can change your life. And even if you don't get sick, you still have to quarantine for 14 days if you're knowingly exposed to it, which is a long time. And again, if something happens with my mother and there's an emergency, I can't be in quarantine for 14 days. I can't afford it. There's no one else who can step in for me. And also, you know, the thing is, if you caught something and gave it to your mom and something terrible happened, the Mm -hmm. worst case scenario you would feel horrible. Mm -hmm. I I couldn't imagine if I went and did some party, came home, got my partner sick, and my partner has, you know, some breathing issues. I can't imagine how horrified I would feel that money's not worth it. It's not. It's definitely not. And, you know, like you said, too, you can't, you can't be sure of what other people are doing. So I had somebody who contacted me recently, and this is a client I haven't worked with in years. So she didn't even know my new rules. And she's like, yeah, well, I want to come into the office and I want to bring a bunch of my friends. And I'm thinking, you got to be kidding me. And here's the interesting part. So just for grins, before I answered her, I looked up her Facebook because I couldn't, first of all, I couldn't remember who she was. And she had anti-mask stuff on Facebook. Now, I want you to think about how horrified. It's like, first of all, I don't even see people in person. And you were trying to get in here with a group of your friends in my little office, and you are an anti-masker. Right, which means that she's out in the community not wearing a mask probably ever, right? Yep. Yeah. So that's that's really, I couldn't believe it. And, you know, I don't think that she was even stopping to think, or who knows? I mean, we don't know why people do that. Um, and so anyhow, I told her no. And she was a little bit resistant. So, you know, people are very resistant. You mentioned this in the beginning to phone versus in person why why do you think they assume it's going to be better to get an in-person session 
So this is this is something I think about all the time. A friend of mine, it, he did make a joke. He did apologize for the joke first, but it really struck with me because I think it, it it's a great question where he, because I was talking to him about this one day and he said, you know, to him, it was strange that people believe in tarot, right? Because it it is, you know, it, it it does work on an act of faith, right? You, you know, we know it works. We know that there's something to it, but not everyone is convinced. So he said, you know, it's, it's funny that people believe in tarot, but they don't believe it works unless they're right in front of you, mm-hmm. that they can't take that extra step and put a little bit more belief into it being able to work in other capacities, which I think is a really good point. I think that's an excellent point. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, so I, I would encourage people, you know, if they're listening to this and they are on the fence about whether they want to, to try an online reading, I would just say, first, you just got to try it, right? If you haven't done it before, um, you don't really know until it happens. I would also encourage them to think about, yeah, why, right? Where their own beliefs around this come from. Um, I think that, you know, I one thing I would like to encourage people as well Um in that is to not think about tarot as an experience, but to think of it as a service. And I think that that's really where a lot of this assumption comes from that tarot is going to be better in person is because people often think of it as something that they're going to do. It's like going shopping. It's kind of, you know, for some people, it can feel like a hobby. It can feel like they're creating a memory. Um, They're giving themselves a little outing for the afternoon. Maybe they'll have lunch with their friends after and I'll talk about their readings that's a really nice thing, right? But I think that at the, at this point in time, within this pandemic, we really need to think about tarot in a different way. Um, and to really think about it more as a service to think about what is it that you're really getting from this reading, to not think of it as something that is just for entertainment or just something you're going to do for fun, but really look at you know, what can a tarot reader do for you? Because tarot can change your life if you use it right. And um, this is a time where there is tremendous uncertainty, but there's also, I think, tremendous potential for a lot of change. You know, people really are talking about this time as um, reshifting their priorities, giving themselves a deeper sense of gratitude, exploring their spirituality more. Those are great things to bring to a tarot reading. And those are very personal things to bring to a tarot reading as well. And you could have a really powerful conversation with a tarot reader if you think about it a little bit differently, rather than saying, you know, everything's open again. Let's go, you know, let's go out, let's go on the town, let's have a great time. Um, You could have a great time in other ways, but you could also use tarot in other ways too. So I think that we just need to, to perhaps change our perspective a little bit. And that's maybe why there's this also this idea of, you know, of having to go see a tarot reader in person is because there's more of a focus on it being an event rather than uh, being something that is going to give value to your life. I love that reframe. And I think for us as tarot readers and for any tarot readers who are listening, we really need to educate the public about that. So that's our responsibility because they don't know, like you said, they see it as an event and they're not seeing it as something that is a service and it is truly a service. Um, also too, I find what you said about the trusting, the, the quote your friend said, I think there are some people who assume that if they don't see those cards and if they're not touching them, that somehow 
we're not going to actually be doing the work that we might be cheating or, or sitting there and not actually doing it. You know what I mean? They assume that on the other end, we're not doing it. They want that proof. And that is such, that is like coming into a mindset with such a lack of trust. And I think when you have that kind of a mindset, it really does also impact your ability to get a good reading. You've got to come into it with an openness and to trust the reader. And if you don't, if you feel like having to see those cards is somehow going to prove something, I think that's very problematic. Yeah, absolutely. And it also puts into question what kind of value you place on the person that you are choosing to spend your time and money on. And, you know, tarot readings, I know that their their price range runs the gamut, but, you know, there are some tarot readers that are fairly expensive, right? And um, and so if you're spending, you know, a hundred dollars, a hundred and twenty, a hundred and fifty dollars, whatever it is, on on a one appointment, and you don't trust that person, why, right? Why? I mean, why even? Why even take the time to make the appointment and spend the money in the first place, right? So I think it's also really looking at what is it that you value, right? Um, why is this important to you? What are you really seeking? Uh, and, and why that tarot reader? And, um, you know, what is it about them that you want to spend that time and money with? And I, I think sometimes people don't spend enough time really looking at that. I think they see tarot and they see all of, all of us readers as exactly the same and that um, we're interchangeable and we're not, right? And we can all bring different types of conversations. We can answer different types of questions. Um, we can do different things. And, and so if you don't see value even in someone's expertise or skills or um, the, the types of things that they may encourage you to think about and the ways that maybe they can shift your perspective, then uh, I would say, you know, maybe again, tarot is perhaps not the right thing to pursue at that time if you don't see it as a, as a valuable service. I totally agree. You know, it's interesting too, when I get readings from people and I get readings once a year for my birthday, I'll get a reading. Um, I never, ever get a session in person. Mm. Ever. Mm-hmm. I have not, I mean, that the only time I get in-person sessions is if I go to a, like a fair on a lark or if I'm at a tarot conference. I never get in-person sessions. And I find that the phone sessions work so well for me. When I work with a reader, I'm more focused. I, I don't have any distractions. I'm not driving. I'm not dealing with traffic. I mean, there's so many reasons why I don't do phone sessions. I mean, I don't do in-person sessions when I get a reading. Mm-hmm. Um, I, just don't, I just don't like it. It's not my preference. Mm-hmm. And you know, I can tell people over the years, I've gotten so many readings from people on the phone, and I've never walked away saying that would have been better in person, ever, right. ever. Right. So, yeah. So here's something I want to ask you, mm-hmm. because this is something I've encountered. Mm-hmm. And I swear to God, it is always a boundary lesson over here. So what do you say to folks who are resistant? They want to fight you. I mean, they, they get snarky. They, I mean, I don't know if this happens to you, but it does to me. Like somebody will reach out well, I want a reading and I'm like, okay, blah, blah, blah. Here's how to do it. And they're like, well, I, I want in person. No, I'm sorry. I don't do that. And they're like, well, I want the personal touch. I'll just take my business elsewhere. Really weird mm-hmm. stuff. How mm. do you deal with this? That's a good question. You know, I, 
I just tell people, you know, that it's, it's no different um, to have, you know, to do a reading online. Um, I also tell them that the work is the same, right? You're, you're going to get the same me, whether we sit down in the same room together or not. So I also tell them it doesn't change the reading. Sometimes people still want the in-person, you know, they're really just attached to this idea of, I think, having that time and making the journey and going there. Although I'm with you, I don't want to travel anywhere. Even before the pandemic, you know, in Toronto, to get somewhere that will take 20 minutes from your house will actually take you an hour, right? Because everything is just so busy <laughs> and it sucks. So I just feel like it's so much easier if you could just be at your desk and you don't have to rush out for an appointment. You don't have to manage your time. All you have to do is remember to be there. It's great, right? So sometimes I also will make those points too, is that look, you know, it's a lot more flexible to do it online. Um, if you don't have time to travel, you don't have to factor that into your day. You're not going to spend half a day on a one hour appointment when you'll just need to spend the one hour on the appointment. It's so much more efficient. So I would, you know, I, I try to encourage people around those points first, but I also enter into that resistance with detachment because I have fairly strict policies on a lot of things, you know, um, because I work online and even before I worked online, I always asked for payment upfront. Uh, I have a, a very um, strict rescheduling policy. It's a 48 hour turnaround just because again, you know, my life is really hectic. Um, I, you know, I have responsibility towards my mother. I just don't have all the, I don't have all the time in the world to be available for people to read tarot for them. Right. Yes. It's my business, but my business has certain hours and I have to stick to those. So I just don't have flexibility in my life to be a flexible person. And I recognize that. And that means that I am not for everyone. And that's okay, right? And I think that what people have to remember is that they're not shopping at Walmart all the time. It might feel that way where, you know, they're used to being in stores and working with certain businesses that will do anything for customer service. They will lose money for customer service, but they can afford to lose money for customer service by making exceptions, by having very lenient policies. But small businesses and, and solo businesses, right? People like us who are, who are really just running the whole show, we cannot afford that. So we set policies and the policies have a reason and a purpose behind them. And I think for us as, as individuals, we need to remember why we've put those policies in place. It's not to be mean. It's not because we don't want to work with everyone. It's just that we need to work with a certain type of person. My type of person is committed and reliable and they're able to remember their appointments and that, and they're able also to know their schedule well enough to have that sight line on knowing that if they need to change an appointment, it has to give me a lot of notice, right? It has to be 48 hours out. So if you need a lot of flexibility and you need, you know, maybe that flexibility to change something at the last minute, don't book an appointment with me. Find someone who can give you that last minute turnaround on your bookings, right? So it's either you want to work with me because you really, really, really want to work with me or you can't because I can't be the kind of service provider that you need for other reasons based on my policies. I think sometimes we just need to be, you know, for us as individuals, as business owners, strong in that and to help sometimes clients understand that, it's not to keep them out. It's, it's just that there's a certain way we need to work. And with, you know, 
now with everything being online, um, with us having to be more mindful around doing in-person readings as well, again, some of those policies maybe need to become tighter and we have to become better at asserting our own boundaries as well and saying no when there's a great client who really wants to come in person and it sucks to say no to them because you don't want to hurt their feelings. But again, it's, it's just in letting people know it's not personal right? This is just, it's just the time that we're in and we all need to be able to adapt to that. I think people also don't understand how, um, and this is my theory about how uncomfortable it is to read in person during this pandemic. Mm -hmm. And I did a, I did a demonstration. I was doing an Instagram live and I said, here's what it's like if you're going to do it in person. And I put a mask on and I said, now imagine I'm wearing gloves. And then I, I moved away from the camera six feet. I said, now we're six feet apart. And I'm doing this reading. And so I have to yell so you can hear me and you don't get to touch my cards. And no, you can't come over here and look at them. You've got to stay over there with your mask on and you can't see my mouth. I can't breathe comfortably. And I'm a yoga teacher. I need to breathe when I'm doing readings. And I'm like, now I want you to think about this from a logistical viewpoint. And not only that, after you leave, now I have to disinfect everything before I let anybody else come in. That's time. That's time too. That's more time in my day. That's disinfecting, cleaning, et cetera, et cetera. And making that point online, uh, you know, I had other readers contact me like, oh my God, I never thought about that either. And I'm like, yes, it's not going to be what people think it is. I think they assume it will go right back to the way it used to be. And right now, until this thing gets resolved, that's what it's going to be like. Or it's going to be between a plexiglass shield, which is weird. Right. Yeah. And I think that's a really good point is this desire for things to go back to normal. And I think that that's maybe what's driving some of these requests from certain people is that, you know, unfortunately, what I see a lot out there, and it happens a lot in spiritual communities, is there is a denial of reality. And there is a desire sometimes to bypass reality, right? Sometimes we want to spiritually bypass it, um, you know, in various ways too. And we see it, you know, not just, not just in esoteric practices, right? But we also see it in Christian communities where people will see, you know, God, you don't need a mask because God's going to protect you, right? Um, a spiritual bypassing though. And it's not, you know, unfortunately, it's not going to help you, right? It doesn't matter what you believe. Your belief has no bearing over a virus, which is not going to discriminate. It's not going to ask you <laughs> what your religion is or whether you set your intentions for the day to stay healthy. Um, and I think that we just really have to accept that things are different right now. And I think that the points you're making are, are very good good to think about is that, yeah, we're going to have to be six feet apart if we do in-person tarot readings and we're both going to have to wear a mask. Um, and it's not going to be intimate like it used to be. And um, you're also going to lose facial expressions because it's really hard to see, you know, what's happening behind a mask, right? Uh, we're all trying to smile with our eyes now and uh, when we're out in the world and it's, it's a challenge. And I think that um, you can lose a lot of the other nuance that makes a reading really special, right? Such as, you know, being able to tune into the sound of someone's voice, the expression in their voice even, which is a lot easier to do when you're on the phone or you're online, right? Because you can really just relax and not be distracted by these external 
uh, external factors by the environment that you're in. And that's another thing I think that people overlook sometimes when they have in-person sessions is that there are a lot of distractions in person. It's not just, you know, even before masks uh, and sanitizer and physical distancing, there were all kinds of things I used to deal with in the office that I worked in where there'd be sirens going by all the time. It was on a busy street. There were people yelling, there were bars everywhere, you know, um, so, you know, sometimes people would be out for an afternoon and you would hear them, right? Uh, there were people in the hallways because it was a shared office space. Uh, there's temperature issues. The room's too hot. The room's too cold. The room's too dark. The room smells funny because someone else was in here first and we don't know what they were up to. Like there's, all, you know, all kinds of other stuff that comes with in-person readings and people don't always know how much work goes into it at, on a good day right? To maintain that environment. I always found it more stressful. And the reason why people would arrive late Mm -hmm. or sometimes they'd arrive, they'd be wearing a strong perfume and I'm really super allergic to that. And I'd be gagging through the whole reading. Oh no! I would have people come in with food and eat while I was doing the reading and I can't stand loud eating. And that would drive me (laughs) insane. I mean, that sounds ridiculous, you know, or sometimes you would have people come in, they would shuffle those cards. So roughly they would destroy my cards. Yeah. Um, I've had people show up drunk, mm. you know, and also I find when I, and this is for me, I'm, I'm very easily distracted person. And when I'm on the phone doing a reading, it's me and those cards. I have mm-hmm. nobody to look at, nobody running late, yeah. no friends sitting in on the reading, making it weird. I can focus just on the cards and I find that I can deliver such a better, more focused reading when it's not in person. In person for me, my brain is like a pinball. It's like a, mm-hmm. a pinball. Mm-hmm. So without it, without anything to, to see except the cards, I find my readings are way more clear. I find the same, you know, I really like doing online readings for that, right? And it's just, it's just, you know, me and, and on video chat, right? So we can see each other still. And if people don't want to have their video on, they don't have to, right? If we want to do it old school and do it over the phone, you can totally do that too. But I, I like it better as well, because yeah, you're eliminating all of those things. And I think for us as tarot readers, when we're running this space, we're really aware of all those things because we're trying to maintain this professional level. We're aware also of all the cleaning and now there's even more cleaning that's involved with having to sanitize a room, right. And turn it over for clients. But um, even before that, you know, there's just a lot of upkeep and there are a lot of details that go into it. Whereas a client is just showing up for their reading. They get the easy part, right? You show up, you know, you, you get to, to receive your reading and you're out of there. Um, but we really know all the other behind the scenes stuff. And, and we're working really, really, really hard to hold that space for clients. And um, online, you know, or over the phone, we just get to fly with those cards. And that's, you know, that's why I think those readings can feel so much better because they're clearer. Yeah, you're not worrying about, about the friend down the hall. Um, you're not worrying about temperatures there's just it's like everyone can just have it their way and it's actually so much better that way absolutely yeah so if you had to give advice for people who decide they're going to see people in person mm-hmm. let's say and I've got a couple of friends who are doing it and I personally 
I'm like trying to, I'm like, listen, you shouldn't be doing this. Yeah. It's not safe, but nobody wants to listen to that because, you know, you become then the bummer of tarot when you're telling other people it's not safe, but right. what precautions might a tarot reader need to take in order to stay safe and protected if they're determined to work in person? What would you suggest? Gosh. Okay. This is a good question. So um, I've been on some appointments, not tarot appointments, but I've had my haircut. I've seen my tattoo artist, you know, those are tattoo artists are pretty good. I think uh, to take some notes from because tattoo shops are some of the cleanest places that you'll ever be. in. I know, I know mo- some mothers out there are like, what? She's lying, but it's true. <laughs> um, so, so they know sanitization and they understand cross-contamination, right? Really well um, because they're working really intimately with people already. And uh, so I went to see my tattoo artist and he had full gear on, you know, he had, a, he had two masks on, he had a mask over his face. And then he had a shield. Um, he had a whole plastic, like all his plastic gear all over the front of him, everything. Right. It was, it was a lot, but I felt very safe. We had to sanitize when we came in all of it, no friends allowed. Um, so I would say, you know, based off of what I've seen some tattoo artists doing based off of what I've seen my hair hairdresser doing is, to first have that rule, no one else. It's just you and the client. Um, I think that once you start to mix friends in there, uh, it's you're just opening things up even more. So I think it just has to really be a one-on-one session if you're going to do something in person. And I would also say, don't let people touch your cards. Um, you know, make just have. You should be the only one touching your cards uh, and. Um, and don't worry about that either. I know sometimes people are weird about that. There's this, all these superstitions about um, a tarot won't work if you don't get to touch the deck or shuffle them yourself. I think we have to let those things go. I think we have to let those things go anyway, but especially in a pandemic, we <laughs> really give yourself permission to just not worry about those little rituals right now and um, allow yourself to really be in charge of that deck and be the only one touching it. And you know, I also think that it's it's going to have to depend a lot on what's happening within the bylaws of your city. Unfortunately, you know, if you're in a place where masks are mandatory, I would say absolutely follow that. Um, but whatever else the procedures are for you to be able to be in business, you're going to have to really follow uh, those guidelines and um, and and look at what are other businesses doing? How are they running things? Um, and what are the options? You know, if you're working in a store, what's the store doing to help protect you as its staff? Uh, if you are working in, uh, you know, a healing center or some kind of shared office space, what's the protocol to keep everyone there safe, right? Because it's not just you, there are other practitioners there as well. So everyone has to be doing these, the same things. And I don't think it hurts to screen your clients, you know, Um, when I saw my tattoo artist, I had to sign two waivers. I had to sign the usual waiver, right. That you would always sign to get a tattoo. And then I had to sign a second one answering all these questions about COVID-19 and my travel history and, um, whether I've been exposed in, in the last 14 days and all kinds of things. So it's like, they have a record of who's saying that they are, safe and free of COVID-19. And if there's a problem, they're going to trace everyone who was there. Right. And they're going to know. And if, if someone 
maybe lied or if someone just didn't know, at least they have a record of who was there. So I think it's also um, a good idea just to keep track of who's coming into your space in case something happens. If you get sick, you may have to notify them. Right. Um, and, and to maybe ask them too, you know, if they get sick, will they notify you? Yes, that is, those are all amazing tips. You know, when I went to my dentist, I, I finally got into the dentist. Mm-hmm. I love going to see my dentist. They're not even using some of their high-tech tools right now mm. because the tools spray. But my dentist, my hygienist had a mask and she had one of those plastic shields on. And, you know, everything was all suited up just like the tattoo artist. Now, Heather Lee Navarre has a shop called the Boston Tea Room. And I, I really was impressed with, with what she did. When she got her readers back in the store, she also had masks and those face shields, just like my dental Uh, hygienist. It's the first thing I thought of. I thought, oh my God, that's exactly what my hygienist uh, uses. And then she put a plexiglass shields between the client and the reader. So, I mean, she's taking like extraordinary measures to keep her staff safe, not just the clients, but her staff safe. And I thought, wow, that's amazing. And another reader I know, uh, Bo Dombrowski, uh, I hope I said her name right. She also sees people in person now. She put up a plexiglass shield. So if anybody comes mm-hmm. in, there is something between them. And I think that um, these are big measures. But mm-hmm. like you said, taking a cue from the tattoo artists or people who are doing work that really requires great hygiene is something that tarot readers really need to keep in mind if they're going to see people in person. And that brings me to my last question. So. What do you think? Do you think conferences, fairs, and tarot parties and psychic events like Bastille Days, do you think this stuff is coming back? Do you think it's going the way of the dodo bird? I mean, what do you envision for that? That's something I think about a lot. Wow. Events. I mean, I'm doing an event next year and I don't know what's going to happen. I don't think that conferences and retreats and workshops will go away altogether. Um, You know, one thing that I have learned about myself during all of this is I I love taking online courses. I love signing up for stuff. I love classes. And at first, when everything closed down, I was like, I went like gung-ho on all kinds of things. And, you know, I was like, I'm going to read all the piles of books I have. I'm going to take all these classes. I'm going to do everything. You know, I realized, though, it doesn't matter how, you know, what's going on, whether you're home all the time or not, you still only have so much energy in a day. And it is really tiring to sit through, say, a whole conference online and to do that maybe a few times a year. Uh, That's a lot. And so there's something I think that uh, is exciting and special about all getting together in one space and being able to see people and, and ha- you know, also being able to step away from a computer screen for a while and have that, that real world interaction. So I don't think that that's going to go away because I don't think that technology can completely replace our outside experiences. But I do think that there is room for a happy medium in all of this, right? Where some things can probably move online, right? Um, I, you know, I think that uh, having, say, one-on-one appointments um, can happen more often. I think maybe this is a time where people will be more open to doing things online than they have been before, uh, both for tarot readers and for clients. But 
I also think in the long run, people are going to want to get back out there. You know, um, conferences may look different in the next few years. Maybe there won't be as many people. Maybe there will be travel restrictions between countries, which we're, you know, currently seeing now. So who knows how it will all shake out in the end. But I think that, um, I think that there will be some, you know, we'll end up somewhere between where we've been and where we're at now. I agree. It's going to be interesting to see actually how this all shakes out. And mm-hmm. we just got to wait and see. That's all we can do. That's it. And I don't stay think, safe, right? Yeah. I don't think the tarot can predict what's going to happen on that. So, <laughs> so no. Liz, um, I really thank you for sharing your wisdom. Can you tell people where to find you? Yeah, absolutely. So they can find me at lizworth.com. And if they are on Instagram, then I'm there too. And it's Lizworth Tarot on Instagram. And for people who are listening, Liz wrote an amazing book called The Power of Tarot. It is available. You can find it on Amazon, any other sellers. And it's a really well-written book with so much great advice. So it's a book that I really appreciate it. Uh, really love thank that you. book, Liz. Oh, so thank, thank you, you for, so much. No, thank you for writing. It is very, very good. <laughs> All right, people. Well, hopefully this is going to give you a lot of food for thought. Um, and it's time to wrap up this episode of Tarot Bites. You can check out lots more tarot goodness on my website, thetarolady.com. I've got free tarot and astrology lessons, the tarot coloring book, hundreds of blog posts, astrological forecasts, so many other good things for you to scope out and enjoy. I want to thank you again for listening. I hope you have an amazing day. And by the way, if you are enjoying the podcast, do me a favor, get on over to iTunes and leave a kind review because that will help more tarot curious people find their way to tarot bites. And as always, I like to close out by saying, pay close attention to your intuition throughout your day and let it guide you into making brave, excellent choices. Remember that you are always in the driver's seat of your life. You are in charge of your decisions, your plans, the action steps that you take or don't take. You're the boss. And if you don't like where your life is headed right now, well, you can change that. Nothing is ever fixed in stone. The tarot cards tell a story, but you write the ending.